You're listening to the Farm Trainer Podcast, Season 5, Episode 9, published on May 2nd, 2023. In this episode, we'll be talking to John Coolis about his book, Pistol Practice. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Sit back and relax for this week's episode. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Farmers Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage offer and the competitive pricing. All certified instructors can apply for FTA coverage. And remember, for listening to this podcast, you can get 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by KSG Holsters. They are professional-grade Kydex handcrafted here in the United States of America. They are available for a large variety of firearms. They are purpose-built one-by-one for comfort and concealability. All KSG Holsters are Enigma-compatible. There are a lot of customization options, so you can order the holster that fits your needs exactly. Remember, KSG Holsters, who bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by author John Coolis from Pistol Practice. Welcome to the podcast, John. Thanks for taking your time to spread your knowledge with our audience. Thank you, Rob. I'm happy to be here. Great. Well, hey, if there's some people out there who don't know who John Coolis is, can you give us a little bit about your background and what brings you to our uh, podcast today, John? Well, on the one hand, I'm a passionate recreational shooter like most of your listeners and an NRA and USCC instructor. Like many of my generation, you know, I grew up watching the Rifleman and Daniel Boone and marksmanship was an admired quality in our in our country. And I was lucky enough that my dad took me out with a with a 22 at a young age and i have fond memories of that um career-wise i knew i wanted to join the air force since i was 12 so i did that straight away um completed a year in tech uh, a career in technology to uh, raise my family and in recent years i've been able to spend more time in uh you know the, the shooting sports and really enjoy uh this this wonderful sport we have so uh been hardcore into pistol shooting for the last 15 years got my certification as an nra instructor and then us cca and i published pistol practice the shooting range guidebook that teaches you how to practice last august mm-hmm. and i've been looking at it and one of the first things that i noticed right off the bat as i paged through the book was this isn't one of those books that you just sit down and you know put on the bookshelf it's actually one that you want to go along and take to the range with you because it's got all the practice information that you can take with you and you get the targets what made you want to go along and make a book that was like that well i, I had years watching other people practice i'd go to the range and i saw so many people load all their magazines to capacity hang up whatever target the club offered, which was usually the NRA small bore target, they would shoot till they were out of ammo and they would leave. I I didn't see anyone reflecting on their target. I didn't see them varying their drills at all. And it kind of occurred to me, I don't think people know how to practice because then those people stopped coming to the range. They, they plateau, never really getting out of shooting low and left. And I started taking notes and putting together a combination of drills that I was using uh, to teach myself. And when I would bring other people to the range, things we would do to keep it interesting. 
you know, when you're bringing your, your, your teenagers to the range, you got to keep it engaging for them. So then it became the gamification of drills. Mm-hmm. And you're right. When I looked at the, what was on the market for books, a lot of them were how to shoot books, but I didn't see much in terms of how to practice unless it was specific training for, you know, a uh, world champion, right. To, to be a, a, a high level shooter. Um, so this is designed to help, you know, every man, right. From novice to advanced intermediate, make the most out of their range time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one thing that makes it really convenient is besides having a book, you actually supply the targets that people need to need to shoot at. And those targets are in PDF format, which allows you to print off as many as possible. Because I know even when I do classes, I'm constantly trying, okay, do I have enough targets for everybody? Do I have you know, the right targets that I want to shoot with? Those types of things. And the ones that the ones that come, you know, that I can print makes it so much easier than me going along trying to rush rush to the range to make sure I've got enough of the targets to make it um, you know, to do the class. Well, thanks for that. It it is a convenience that you can just download the PDF and print your targets. Um, the value is really that many of the there's 20 chapters and they're basically categorized as fundamentals, drills and challenges. And for some of them, I wanted to train people into get your mindset away from just trying to always shoot a bullseye. Right. Um, if we're doing an exercise to learn natural point of aim, then that's really just about defensive accuracy. So an eight inch circle is fine. But I give people an alternative, like use a paper plate. Um, And for bullseye targets, I think Birchwood Casey is wonderful. I like the shoot and see targets. Um, It gives shooters instant feedback. But that's an investment that some people don't want to make. So sure, I've got an easy bullseye you can print out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when, um, you know, ammo is still at a premium right now, being able to save a few uh, dollars or pennies probably for on each target to print out in your home printer. That definitely helps out, especially for the instructor too, who might be printing more than just uh, one or two off on, on his, on his printer. So that's, uh, right. that's one of those really well thought out advantages to the uh, book you have here. Um, one of the things in the book too, it allows you to track your progress for it. So as I'm going through all these different drills, if I'm doing one week after week, I can actually go along and say, okay, this, on this date, I was able to go along and have this kind of uh, time or this kind of score on the target. And that's that's a great way of seeing whether you're improving, plateauing, or whether you're you're not practicing enough or maybe too much and de- declining uh, with it. I, I think that's correct, Rob. And part of what I'm trying to convey in, in the book is developing the right mindset around your time at the range. Uh, have a plan, have an objective for your trip to the range, and then take the time to reflect on your performance and, and grade yourself. Um, you know, shooting should be fun. You should want to go to the range. You know, it shouldn't feel like, oh, I've got to go to the gym, right? Where you know you're going to, you got to go to the gym. It should be engaging. And when you track your progress and give yourself discrete tasks achievement feels good we all get a little you know uh endorphin boost when we hey i I did that great so you did it at 15 feet now let's push it out to 18 great and you push it out farther you've done it and then i reset the clock on people and i'm like okay 
now do it with your weak hand or now do it from holster. And that's mm-hmm. where the the challenges really speak to the spectrum of skill level. Yeah, because, uh, you know, when we think about skill level and such, um, you know, we're probably we're probably all really good shooters with our uh, dominant hand. But how many of us, you know, practice as much with our non-dominant hand? And that's where the situation comes into, as I would call, you don't get to pick the place or the pick the time or the situation, but you still have to rise to the occasion. And if you've never done offhand shooting effectively and know what your, know what your effective range is or what you can do with it versus uh, doing your dominant hand, that's one of those things to where, you know, that can be a training scar that we as instructors should make sure we're not falling into. And we probably should encourage our students also at the same time. So that there's a lot of, uh, great exercises in here. Thank you again for that observation. Um, And when I discuss recreational shooting with people that are almost exclusively focused on self-defense preparedness and defensive shooting, I, I recognize that expertise and the importance of it. Strong fundamentals, I think, are the least common denominator, though, to both. Whether your focus is recreational shooting and fun with a gun or defensive accuracy and self-defense preparedness, you need to have a strong grip. You mm-hmm. need to know that your your trigger press is is built into your personal muscle memory. You have done so many reps that the neuroplasticity is there and it's fundamental to you. Um, and you're right, bad guys don't give you a, cho- a choice of if they're going to be on your left side or your right side, whether you're going to have to use one hand or two. Um, I Chapter 18 is weak side and one hand. Um, it stems from the fact in my early days as a self-taught shooter, I always finished my range sessions with uh, weak side and one hand just to force myself to go through those reps. And then the NRA expert challenge, you know, to be able to do those exercises and mm-hmm. score it. Um, it's a lot of fun. Yep. And that's one of those uh, where I could definitely see taking the book and using the NRA marksmanship qualification uh, program and be able to take young shooters or teenagers and, and you know, continually to push themselves where they can go along, get some awards for doing, you know, doing well shooting in different situations for, it, which um, if you're not familiar with the marksmanship qualification program out there, I would suggest anybody just go along, Google it. You can find the information out. It's a it's a program that you grade yourself. There's nobody that has to go along grade it until you get up to um, expert marksman. And then uh, there's other requirements there, but you can find it online without a problem. John, would you go along and say that your course is targeted at the beginner, intermediate, or advanced uh, shooters? I would say that it is almost essential for new shooters. And when I've spoken to my business partners that own gun ranges, I've said, hey, they they buy a gun, they buy a cleaning kit, they should buy pistol practice. Um, however, I know many intermediate shooters who said, yeah, I've been shooting for several years, but I, I don't seem to improve. I'm like, you don't know how to practice if you're not improving. It's like working with a personal trainer at the gym we all anyone that's had that experience of working with a professional bodybuilder at the gym you realize you get a lot more out of your gym membership right you Mm -hmm. see the personal improvement pistol practice i think does that for the intermediate 
shooter. Um, as far as the the experts and the advanced shooters, I would just say, hey, you guys are tough. You're up for a challenge. Give it a try. You know, mm-hmm. um, whether it's for accuracy or, or working from holster, you know, um, a lot of them are a lot of the challenges are either humbling or confidence building for for people after a while. Well, one, one thing we all have to, you know, especially realize when it comes to shooting, the fundamentals are what everybody does. And, uh, you know, the difference between a beginner and an expert is how well and how consistently they do the fundamentals for it. And, you know, experts like, you know, Mike Seeklander, Rob Latham and others, uh, you know, that's what they say all the time. You know, what makes them better than anybody else at your, at your uh, club it's that they can execute the fundamentals more consistently than than the average shooter for it. And that's where a program like yours, even though, hey, I might be able to shoot the bullseye, um, you know, no problem at all and be able to hit all the standards that you put in the book. How consistent am I, you know, in hitting those standards and making sure that, OK, I could I can go along and do, you know, five shots. But if that sixth shot, you know, flies on me, maybe I need to go along and rethink what I was doing between the fifth and sixth shot so that I can shoot 10 consistently. And even there, you know, challenge myself. Okay, if I can do 10, try to do 15. If I can start going along and doing practice where I can't, where I, you know, physically can't make a mistake because I've done it so many times, then I really think, you know, you've you've made it there. But also getting there, you also realize that you've got to continually Ex- execute those uh, fundamentals each and every time, or else you're going to fall down and, uh, you know, start having, you're going to start having those flyers here or there, which, you know, from a uh, scoring perspective, could cost you a championship in, um, you, know, you know, Mike C. Klander, Rob Latham kind of standpoint, or if you're in a defensive shooting situation, could create some uh, legal peril for you if you're not hitting your intended target uh, from that standpoint. That's very well said. Um, and, there's a broad spectrum of skills that you'd have to check off in there, right? You um, mentioned accuracy, like being able to hit the bullseye consistently. Well, what about reloads, right? There's mm-hmm. something that a lot of recreational shooters don't worry about, that they don't practice enough. Um, and something that defensive shooters have, have got to know how to do. The, the group that probably works on their reloads the most is the competition shooters, the guys that are used to being on the clock. They're practicing their reloads. Um, chapter 12 is called Misfires and Reloads. And it starts off with the idea that, you know, uh, stuff happens. Malfunctions may occur. And as shooters, we need to know how to be able to clear them quickly and either get back in the competition or get back in the fight. So I introduced the concept of mix in snap caps with your live ammo in a variety of magazines, shuffle them up, and then I have people put themselves through a drill. Um, the book also serves as as a bit of coaching. You experience this more in the uh, e-learning version, if I can mention that. Um, the book was very well received. I'm I'm flattered by the positive reception from uh, both individual shooters as well as instructors who feel that it really fills a gap between basic firearm safety and concealed carry. We can talk later about the affiliate program I have, but instructors have welcomed this as a way of helping them teach their clients. Um, 
And in the e-learning version that was created, because not everyone wants a book, so many people that like listen to this podcast rather just take out their smartphone and you know watch videos. They see more coaching because there's video demonstrations, and you see me working with some of my clients. Um, video is a fantastic way to to train. Um, you know, never let your your smartphone interfere with firearm safety. But if you can mount your camera and videotape yourself doing chapter 12 misfires and reloads and observe your gun handling you'll see all these opportunities to improve your technique mm -hmm. and one one of the things that you uh, brought to my mind when you were talking about reloads your book isn't limited just to go along doing semi-automatics it applies to revolvers also is that correct it does it does um i uh am a big fan of staying in my box i'm, mm -hmm. I'm not partial to wheel guns i'm not a wheel gun guy um, I can teach the basics and I can break a good shot with a revolver. Um, I'm not partial to them. And I didn't want the book to get bogged down where every paragraph I had to restate, oh, but if you're a revolver, do this. Mm -hmm. um, in the grand scheme of things, I don't even know what the metrics are. Uh, in terms of new gun sales, would it be maybe 10% revolver, 20% revolver? So... I didn't want to lose the flow of the book, always trying to make the exception. Yeah. Um, I do think that people that are passionate about revolver though, can quickly adapt um, the, the drills to, mm -hmm. you know, I, I know there's a renaissance of, you know, revolve more revolvers being sold now than what they were 10 years ago for it. And that's where I was, you know, as I was looking through the book, it's like, well, that, that drill would be a very simple one to do with the revolver for it um True. you know e even when it comes along to the reloads and misfires obviously on a revolver misfire uh, you go along and squeeze the trigger another time and it and advances so it's not as much of a, of a problem as it is with semi-automatics but you're reloading more you're reloading every five six shots versus reloading every 15 and that's where you know if you do carry a revolver it might be a really good thing to go along maybe practice and spend a little bit more time on doing those uh reloads to make sure you realize okay six shots now i got to go along and do this and that's where the book may not talk about it but um you know find somebody who's competent running a revolver and that'll help you with your speed loads um you know if you got, got a speed reloader or if you got a speed strips uh those types of things and um Good point. And you, you mentioned uh, 15 rounds. So I'm not in a free state. I've got a 10 round magazine limit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a frugal Yankee. Okay. So I'm a big fan of conserving ammo. Um, unless the drill calls for 10 rounds, I typically will load five in my magazine. Um, if it's the, the bullseye exercise going to shoot five rounds and score it max score is 50. Um, I want to build in that pause again. What did I see? I saw a lot of shooters just mag dumping without reflection, going through huge amounts of ammo and not really improving. And now mm -hmm. I've got exercises here, which are like, Hey, you know, shoot three vertical bars, you know, with three rounds, one, two, three, really forcing you to exercise, um, good control great sight picture great sight alignment and just you know take it slow break it down um when i said three vertical bars for those that haven't seen the book visualize a, a piece of blue painter's tape and you either align it vertically 
or horizontally. And it just is a way of breaking down the bullseye into up, down, and left, right. Um, I use that as a coaching technique with, with one of my clients. And he saw me, you know, weeks later, he said, John, I start all of my practice sessions now with a piece of blue tape. Before he starts shooting a bullseye, he gets himself trained on what his sight picture should be in in the other two dimensions. So it's been a great joy for me to share this with with people and go through the spectrum of uh, exercises, you know, and then there's the challenges. The cover of the book is a split playing card. Um, and that's the kind of thing where we want to space that out. You're not doing that every week, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that shouldn't be a spray and pray event. That should be a, okay, you know, I've progressed over the last couple months, you know, give yourself three chances to split the playing card at 18 feet. See how you do. Right. Yep. And that is a uh, challenge. If nobody's ever done it, try it. I've, I've done it a couple of times, but it, but it is a challenge without a doubt at all. Hey, John, you, you teased us a little bit about it before and let's jump into it. Your instructor uh, program that you have, can you go along and give us a little bit of overview of that, what that is? Because I think if the instructors are interested with what they've heard so far, they might be thinking about, you know, what kind of programs are there for me to utilize and get this into my students' hands as I'm teaching them, coaching them, doing those types of things. Can you uh, give us an overview of that program? Sure. Um, again, I have really reacted to the feedback I've received from people. And one of the groups that really appreciated pistol practice, saw it for its potential, was instructors. And so I developed a class. I teach a class called Pistol Practice, the class where every student gets a copy of the book. Um, it's, it's, it's about 45 minutes in the classroom and about 60 minutes live fire in the range. In the classroom, everyone gets a copy of the book. We talk about our mindset going into practicing, the value of scoring your target, keeping a record of what you've achieved, and we tell them how the book is structured and how they use it. Um, Then we preview four exercises that we'll be doing in the range. Answer people's questions, get them familiar with the uh, course of fire, go to the range. We shoot the four exercises. They experience some one-on-one coaching during live fire. Then we come back and debrief. So I've been teaching that here in the greater Boston area. And affiliate instructors are people that um, are teaching pistol practice, the class, as I described it, in their local markets. The way you do that is uh, you and I have a conversation, the instructor and I have a conversation, and NRA and USCCA certified instructors that are interested in doing this, um, it is a $0 licensing agreement. By that, I mean, there's a licensing agreement I ask people to sign, which respects that the intellectual property of pistol practice, the targets, the course of fire is is mine, um, and that they are licensed to teach the class. I will provide the PowerPoint slide deck for the class, the teacher's notes, and any coaching you need. Um, so long as you buy the books from me wholesale, and every time you teach the class, a student gets a copy of the book. So um, not dissimilar from the USCCA model, where I think we as instructors buy the books at 15 and it retails for 30. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, it's it's that kind of, of arrangement. And I, I currently have um, a growing number of instructors from, from coast to coast that are taking this on. And I try to track the, the zip code that people are in. So I don't have uh, people competing with each other. Um, mm-hmm. But currently there is one class for pistol practice and I will be growing that. Um, that's again, in response to another request I've had that, okay, so you do the first class, they get the book and we go through four exercises. What about the other 16? So I'll be putting together a curriculum that lets you then you've got them on the hook now teach the follow on class. So perhaps through the course of a year, right? Four quarters in the year, you would teach four classes of pistol practice. Um, the suggestion for this was because people felt as more and more states go constitutional carry, people just buy their gun. They're they're not asking to take basic firearm safety. Mm-hmm. And the next most common stop is concealed carry. But I think we all know there's a huge gulf between new gun owner and someone carrying responsibly. Right. Um, and part of that is fundamentals and making sure they practice regularly and pistol practice fills that void. So I'm I'm thinking the exact same thing here, you know, down here in Ohio, we've got Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, um, West Virginia, uh, Pennsylvania that are all uh, constitutional carry States. And with that, this could be one of those with the instructors to go along and offer as far as another um, revenue stream, because you know, they're learning how to run their pistol appropriately. Yeah, maybe they don't, maybe they're not interested in getting a piece of plastic from the government. Understand that. But at the same time, you know, as responsible gun owners, we should be and encouraging everybody to learn good skills because you know, when I teach instructor classes, I, you know, I, I always bring up the question at who do you certify as, uh, as an instructor or as students? Because when you go along and you say somebody has passed a course, you know, at the time, then they could apply for their CCW license. That means they could go down, get their license from the sheriff, and then carry it around to Walmart, you know, grocery stores, you know, out in public, everything else like that. And I said, you know, that's a huge responsibility because if that person makes a mistake uh, from what you told them or uh, along those lines, then, you know, you've got to live with it. They've got to live with it. And that's not good for either one of us. And I said, you know, where's where's my line? My line's very big, very simple in that when somebody's on the range, somebody's in the classroom, if I don't have 100% confidence that they can carry in public and do it responsibly, I won't certify. I'll give them their money back. I'll do something along those lines because right. when they're in the Walmart store, they might stand, be standing behind my family. And if the first thing in my mind is like, if I heard they were behind me and somebody said, this is a stick up and I'd, I'd, you know, crawl on the floor because I would be afraid of how that person shoots. I shouldn't be certifying them uh, that they completed my course. But at the same time, if they're, you know, confident shooters and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't believe this is going on. You know, I've got to defend myself. It's like, oh, I, 
you know, I'm glad John's behind me because, uh, because I know exactly how uh, confident he is on his shots and how he went along, really took things seriously. And he's not going to go along and do anything that's not absolutely necessary to go along and defend, uh, you know, everybody else's life. And, and you know, if you can't say that, then you need, you owe that student to spend more time with them and making sure that they understand, you know, where their skill level is uh, for it when it comes to a course, because I'd say that's a big responsibility for instructors. We should not right. be just rubber stamping to where we're putting dangerous people out there and dangerous from dangerous from the standpoint they don't know how to properly use their uh, firearms for it. You know, you, you mentioned, Rob, that you liked or enjoyed the, the quotes I had in the book. One mm-hmm. of my favorites is uh, owning a firearm doesn't make you armed any more than owning a guitar makes you a musician. Colonel Cooper. Uh, right. Uh, yep. We Marine, right? Mm-hmm. We have a responsibility to train constantly. I know that I'm due for another, you know, self-defense concealed carry class. It's been a little while. I'm going to go take one, perhaps at SIG Academy, maybe at my local club. Um, But I know when I'm in that class, I'm paying attention to the new material, the new challenges, because my fundamentals are strong. My grip Mm -hmm. is always the same. My finger discipline is there. My trigger press is smooth. Acquisition of the front sight is consistent. I'm not having to worry about that. So when they're trying to train me on uh, situational awareness or how to point my body or how to hold it to compress ready, um, I'll be dialed in on that because all the other fundamentals are strong. Um, I'm passionate about pistol practice and 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 not just for the gosh. And we at one end of the spectrum, we're talking about defending our, our our families our homes and our communities that's pretty intense and heavy stuff okay mm-hmm. i'm very glad that my first introduction to firearms was not on that spectrum i was 10 years old i was with my dad we were shooting cans off a log and mm-hmm. it's just a wonderful feeling and my club every spring does a day for the kids and it's wonderful to see families bringing their 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 children in you know, and we line up all the 22s. We've got, you know, one per stall. We're, I'm in Massachusetts, so don't get to shoot outdoors much. Um, we've got an instructor with every firearm teaching each youth. And, you know, that look on their face when, when they hit a bullseye, that's just gold, right? Mm-hmm. And so to give someone a positive firearms experience. Um, I was listening to another podcast. I can't remember who it was. Uh the guy that developed that whole mindset method about walking yourself through the door, visualizing, you know, the moment, um, holding an an explosion at the end of your arm is a completely unnatural event, right? Your body is designed to recoil from something that goes bang. And when I'm working with new shooters and, you know, huge influx of, uh, female shooters and elderly shooters in the last couple of years, sadly and understandably um i i'm right there for them just in the moment saying hey it's that's an unnatural bang you know and just talk them through it but then weeks later where they're now taking on one of the challenges like natural point of aim or save the hostage and they're just joy they're so far from that scary moment of the bang to now they're enjoying recreational shooting and building their fundamentals i'm like okay now we're at the point we can introduce you to holster draw. Mm-hmm. Myself, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that with a cert 
training pistol. That's the way I like to start people off. And I talk about dry fire in the cert in Appendix 3. Can I talk to that real quick? Just the idea that in addition to pistol practice, having uh, drills, exercises, challenges, score sheets, and targets, I'd like uh, the instructors to know that there are appendices that cover some of the fundamentals. I didn't want to write a how-to book, but I felt an obligation to at least talk people through aiming, grip, dry fire, um, you know, and, and what's in your range bag, which really rounds it out for your your new shooters, whether you have BFS in your state or or con- constitutional carry. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. A uh, lot of good information in there. And uh, one of the things I like in your what what's in your range bag is you talk about medical kit, because as I go along and tell people, um, if you're going to be around, you know, guns and knives, you're going to need to have some kind of uh, first aid kit. And, you know, and majority of the time, it's not going to be a traumatic injury to where somebody gets shot, but you fall down, you get slide bite, you go along and, uh, you know, get, you know, gets a skin knee when you go down on the gravel to go along and shoot from a kneeling position, all those types of things. But at the worst case, we also know that having some chest seals, having some compression bandages, things along those lines would be beneficial also. And instructors, if you've I know you've heard heard me say this before. You might actually be the person who needs the assistance because you're you're going along and you had a, a situation and you want to make sure your students and other instructors are properly prepared to take care of you in case of a medical emergency. That might sound a little selfish, but I think a lot of times instructors forget about you know part of the planning when it comes to rain safety briefing and what you carry in your bag is just in case you're that that uh, person who goes along and uh, has a heart attack falls down, you know, gets a concussion, anything along those lines. I think that's one of the things I I love about, um, I want to say this sport, but let's face it, shooting is so much more than that. It's more than a hobby. It's more than a sport. Um, this interest that we share, whether you come at it from the perspective of the Second Amendment or competition shooting or self-defense, um, for me, this really covers all the bases of things that keep me engaged. Um, as an engineer, and I know there's a lot of mechanical engineers and carpenters out there, you know, when you're cleaning your gun, it's fun. <laughs> when you're improving your gun, changing the grip, it's fun. So mm-hmm. it's checking the box on the do-it-yourself home improvement guy. Um, and the Boy Scout in us that wants to be prepared. You got to be prepared. You got to have your first aid kit. If you're going to be a shooter, you better take a traumatic injury class. So there's that. Um, There's an intellectual aspect about understanding the legal use of force. What are your responsibilities? What are your rights? Mm Got to look into that. Um, It's it's physical. It's intellectual. And then there's the whole Zen thing. I didn't think you could really experience until it started happening to me that when you're doing that slow trigger press and you've got that cleansing breath and just in that moment the gun goes off and you know it's dead nuts you just mm-hmm. know before you even look through the spotting scope or bring the target in you can't believe you just made that shot but then again you can believe it because you felt it mm-hmm. i call this gun yoga i've never done yoga but i imagine it has that great <laughs> relaxing <laughs> feeling right so yeah. Um, it's it's a, a pleasure to share this with you and and uh, and your audience of instructors. Um, it's a great asset 
to um, your your clients. If you wanted to, you know, buy the book wholesale and resell it, I, I offer about a, a third thirty percent discount. Um, and if you want to teach the material because you're looking for a curriculum in your markets, let's have that conversation. Okay, good. Well, hey, John, um, we've been asking all our guests this season. Can you can you name an event, a place, or a class that you think that two A uh, people should go see or do? Wow. That's a great question. Uh, close to home, uh, being in the greater Boston area, where it all began, <laughs> we've got Lexington and Concord. Um, the museums are fantastic. The tours that you can take to the Old North Bridge and the Lexington Battle Green, um, it, it's emotional and it's really well done. There's a depth of knowledge there. Um, and the one thing I like about up there, uh, I haven't been to the every museum, but I've been up to Boston there, is that's where it started, where a bunch of people with a crazy idea of liberty and democracy went along and, uh, you know, started our country. And when you think about it, we may not, we may be an imperfect union, but at the same time, we're the best imperfect union there is out there because of some people that were willing to go along and, and try something, you know, novel at the time. And I think what I agree, and I think what people often forget is they gave us a framework for continuous improvement, a framework. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's supposed to be a little contentious. I don't think it's supposed to be as contentious as it's been in recent years, but we're supposed to have this constant creative tension, right? Balance of power and always have that dialogue. And living in the greater Boston area, I constantly run into people who do not share our feelings uh, uh, about the second amendment and i'm an ambassador for the second amendment right that's our responsibility mm -hmm. yeah um, well yeah, we so have an appreciation for history that's that's the one thing we're missing i think in a lot of cases you know oh. um, some important lessons definitely definitely well john where can people find out uh get a hold of you if they want to go along and talk about um you know become an instructor and affiliate if they want to go along and order your book or just see what's uh what's going on with the next version of uh lessons that are coming out okay um website is pistolpractice.com all one word and i am john at pistolpractice.com just email me i'll get back to you right away um, we can set up a phone call. I'm going to be having a Zoom in a couple of weeks, probably the week of May 10th or 17th. I do multiple. And on that Zoom will be other instructors interested in the affiliate program. And I will walk people through what the program is and the, the course material. And if you'd like to uh, buy a copy of the book and experience it for yourself, um, I'm giving Rob's listeners $10 off. It's a list price of $29.99. Use code FTP10, FTP10 at checkout. And you can buy the book and everything else at pistolpractice.com. Super, super. Appreciate it, John. And hopefully our listeners will uh, take advantage of that uh, code and get a copy of, of the book because I've got a copy in front of me and it's uh, going to my range bag when I go out this weekend to the range. So it'll, it'll make, make it a little bit more fun and I'll be able to try a few of the drills out. Look forward to it. John, I appreciate your time uh, today and sharing your knowledge with our audience. Thank you, Rob. Have a good one. You too.
that's a wrap for this episode. I hope you found it interesting. The uh, book that we talked about with John, uh, Pistol Practice, definitely seems to have a place in my range bag going forward. And I'm going to look into using that into some future classes also. Do you have a topic or somebody you think I'd be interested to talk to? Send me your thoughts, suggestions at FTP at concealedcarry.com. Don't forget about the Guardian Conference coming on September 15th through the 17th out at the Oklahoma City Gun Club. Great time to go along and get training from several different national trainers, as well as network with other 2A enthusiasts and self-defense enthusiasts. Leave me a comment on our Facebook page or at firemtrainerpodcast.com. And remember, when you go to our website, you can also search for previous episodes on different topics. Whether you're a new instructor or a seasoned instructor, I'm sure we'll find something on our episode list that will be of interest to you. Remember, visit our sponsors, Special Fire and Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Listeners to our podcast can receive 10% off of your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. And if you are a certified instructor by any of the national training organizations, you qualify for coverage. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, Every firearm instructor in America dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.